Now broadcasting live via Ustream or downloaded directly to your mobile device. Bagdenboard.com presents the Bagdon Boardcast. Oh my goodness, that is crazy. Why are we friends with Paul? <laughs> Uh, I'm glad I didn't get slapped. I'm glad your mom wasn't here. Uh, you said your parents don't listen to this. He just looked at me like, I really should I punch him? It doesn't work if you're not wearing Why? a mariachi suit. Uh, we're not wearing a mariachi suit. I don't know. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Bang Boardcast, episode number 128. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you three ways. First being The Week in Geek, bring you the top geek stories of the past week. Then we bring you the list, uh, comic books we're looking forward to coming out the 27th. Correct. That you said it. it with a puzzled look <laughs> in your mind. But we're not recording on a Sunday. I had to <laughs> change the days between uh, today's date and Wednesday. We record on Sundays? Normally. And normally we bring you a rotating main topic. That's our third segment. And Chris, what is it this week? This week, uh, based off of some articles that we did up on baggingboard.com, we're taking a look at the current sales trends of the DC Universe post uh, New 52 launch and just how much of that is actually Batman. Wow, that comes to a really weird point. I would say two points. Two points. On his head. Oh, I got. I thought you were talking about like the two points for the two different beers that we're drinking today. Oh. Uh in the first uh I think everybody knows how big of fans we are of Flower Power IPA from Ithaca Brewing. Uh the master brewer went from there to a little place called Peak Skills Brewery and Pub. Uh and I brought back a growler of what I thought was an exceptional beer when I had a couple pints at the pub. Uh, and I've brought back a very expensive, mediocre version of that. It did not travel well. I think it's almost at almost half as good as it was in the in the pub. I think maybe you had fonder memories of it because yeah. you said you had a couple pints of it. <laughs> I did. I I had yeah. a I had a pint of it, and just like this, from the smell itself, I was like, "This is going to be great." When I drank it, I. It had those remnants of flower power there, but just, just better, better than it. And, um, uh, one of the, one of my friends who I went with, um, he had it, he'd enjoyed it, and he texted me and said, eh, it's, the growler's not as good. It's, it's just a little off. And, and it is. And I, I feel really bad because I paid a lot of money for this growler. Yes. The, the, the glass itself cost you. Eight yeah. bucks. The, the growler, they, they kind of shanghaied it, shanghaied their customers who want to get a growler. Cause it, it costs $25 for the growler and the, the beer. Yeah. Which I kind of want to call them and ask them if I want half my money back. Cause I got half as good a beer. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not a bad yeah. beer. It's not beer. It, it's not, it's not bad. Um, but it really, I like, I would have, I would have put it if I could get it normally. I'd probably be drinking it almost all the time. Um, this thing you could have taken that twenty five dollars and gotten two growlers of flower power, right? Yeah, I know. It's I. I also went to this other beer store, and I could have spent. I could have spent a lot more money there and brought mm-hmm. back some other really interesting beers. Like our our next beer is supposed to be an exceptional black IPA. Oh, black IPA! This is very smooth, very easy to drink. Uh, I know we're rating it growler style, so. 
take it for what you will. Uh, it's going to be hard for our listeners to find unless you live in the Peekskill area. Yeah, if you're in the, the New York City, kind of Connecticut area, it's about 45 minutes from there. There you go. Uh, definitely worth the trip to get a fresh, uh, smooth, you know, very citrusy, you yeah, know, yeah. grapefruit rind, you know, hits you. But it doesn't open up on in your palate at all. It doesn't. It just kind of sits and is there and it's mellow. It doesn't have that flower power pop. Pop. Yeah, yeah. that's what I. Yeah. And exactly. Yeah. 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 And it did have. Hold on. When I had it, it did have that pop because I was like, "Wow, it's it's a more citrusy version of flower mm-hmm. power," and it it just it was delightful to drink. It was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, this is really good. I I can't place it above Flower Power in this state. Yeah, yeah, and I wouldn't um, if and you always take that you always take a chance when traveling with a growler. I mean, we went from one yeah. side of New York all the way to the other, and just getting a growler on its own, you're always taking a chance of losing the, a bit of the quality of the beer. Uh, talking about quality of the beer and losing it, uh, also something I emailed Firestone Walker Brewery recently. Uh, to ask them how long I could keep that great, uh, Wookie Jack rye IPA. They're like, nope, gotta drink it right away, son. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, you're gonna be losing out. Uh, and also, it was interesting because it was the, uh, brewmaster that emailed back and he said that, you know, sometimes, like, some of our porters you might be able to keep longer because they're, you know, higher alcohol and stuff like that. But he said, as soon as it gets, guess what? He described. A soy sauce or teriyaki <laughs> flavor, that means your porter or stout is going bad. And it's past the point where you should be drinking it. So all those times where we're like, oh, we're getting a little bit of teriyaki here, not the beer's fault. It's our distributor, sto- distributor store. sitting in the store. Yeah. Well, that's good how to know because we, we've been saying, oh, that's teriyaki for a long time. Yeah, we've been doing that for years now. Yeah, we've been kind of getting away from drinking a lot of the porters and stouts because, you know, I get tired of picking up teriyaki all the time. Yeah. But I'm going to try to drink more stouts and porters when I'm out now because they'll be fresher and I won't. Uh, so I know that if it does have that teriyaki taste, no, it is the beer's fault at that point uh, and not. My fault for picking it up so late. Also, uh, because you can, an IPA seems to last longer than, you know, your pails seem to last longer than the porters are. Because look at the frequency of, or like, ooh, a little bit of soy, a little bit of soy sauce, a little teriyaki going on here. So, there's a tip for all us new drinkers. I'm pointing at myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we ready to, you know, break down some news in the Week in Geek? I think it's time we head on into that Week in Geek. I think, uh, what is most, what is most news and noteworthy? The Bagnaboardcast second annual Bagnaboardcast summer movie blockbuster bracketbuster? Yeah, that's You've been it. practicing. Yeah, he definitely was. <laughs> I've been practicing in front of a mirror. And this <laughs> week, we had two of our movies come out. Brave. And also, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Brave is going to go up against, I think, one of the strongest contenders this summer, Spider-Man. Definitely. Speederman. Speederman. Yeah, for those people inclined. Uh, Brave opened up with 66.3 million, making it the second largest opening weekend this summer. 
uh, behind Avengers. That's that's pretty impressive. I was at half. I was thinking this was going to do pretty decent. Um, they were counting on this doing at least fifty-five million to kind of keep up with what every other Pixar movie's done for opening weekends. It has done a little bit better than Wall-E uh, from box what I've seen at boxofficemojo.com. It's done three million dollars better than Wall-E over three days. So this is going to be uh Hopefully, we get an impressive showing from this then. Yeah, because I I took it over Spider-Man. I know. You so did. I'm, I'm I'm putting a lot behind this. I actually, you always go with the Pixar. I I do. I support them. You rode cars hard, and you bravely <laughs> took Brave. <laughs> I actually I actually saw Brave again today. With really, my mom? Yeah. How did she like it? She liked it. Um, she kind of had the same thoughts that I did, where it was a good movie, but not the best Pixar. Um, she used to babysit, so she would have like mm-hmm. the Pixar movies on DVD to show the kids. So she's seen like Finding uh, Nemo, Monsters, Inc., all those ones. <laughs> and she basically agreed with us. Where it was just, yeah, it's it's decent. It's good. You know, where could people find our review of Brave? Well, they'll, they'll be able to find that on our YouTube channel for Bag and Board Bite. It takes forever to upload onto YouTube, so that one is not up yet. Right, but it'll probably be up on what day, do you think? It'll probably be up tomorrow, I'm going to say, because I'm going to okay. start uploading it tonight. So it should be up. So Tomorrow by the afternoon. time you can listen to this, will be tomorrow, which is Tuesday. If all goes according to plan. Okay. Sh- should hopefully be up on Tuesday. And by the time you're listening to this, it will probably be Tuesday. So there you go. There you go. So Check by the time up. you download this episode, have already listened to it, check the YouTube channel or just uh, our bangboard.com site. Because we do have new videos up there right now. Also a great topic for Weekend Week. Yes. We do have... Uh, the second movie, of course, was Abraham Lincoln, A Vampire Hunter, opening on with a very mediocre $16.3 million. Not able to even jump Madagascar 3's Europe's Most Wanted second weekend. Wow. Yeah. Or yeah. no, no, this is their third weekend for Madagascar 3. Uh, they staved them off with a 19, uh, with a paltry $19.7 million. Well, I think it's just kind of not that big of a movie, unfortunately. There's only one theater in our area that's showing it. Huh, yeah. I was expecting this to be something that was a lot more like wide of a release. Um, it's in 3D, is... right? I think they did do it in 3D, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Drive Angry was in 3D. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think, I think because it wasn't in such a huge release, mm-hmm. I mean, it probably did hurt its numbers, but with, with how movies have been Doing this summer, I mean, maybe they were smarter to to hold back. It was open. It opened up with one thousand less theaters than Brave. Brave opened up with four thousand one hundred sixty-four. Uh, Abraham Lincoln three thousand one hundred. And opening opening with like a movie like that, that it's a movie that parents are going to want to take kids, teenagers are going to want to go to because they've grown up on Pixar movies and you know. Kind of thirty and almost thirty year old. Uh, we grew up on Pixar borders. movies too because yeah. Toy Story one came out when we were in that what sixth grade. For it, I think what sixth seventh grade maybe. Yeah, it would have been. It probably was 14, like fifth or sixth. Thirteen, fourteen. Because nineteen ninety six is when Real Big Fish is. This is how I equate times and stuff. Okay. I started listening to Real Big Fish in nineteen ninety six when Turn the Radio Off came on or came out, and that was in sixth grade. Huh. So yeah. So correct. Because that, that's when I became friends with uh, Chris Mays and John Weatherwax. <laughs> hey. <laughs> so there you go. We became friends in eighth grade. No. 
Was it a year after then? Yeah. Okay. Well, I was friends with Maze first, mm. and then you guys were friends. That's how I met you. I met you at a. I met you at a lunch table, because Chris Maze, like a lot, wouldn't show up for school, and there was like nobody at my lunch table. So I joined, <laughs> I joined Chris's table. Hmm. Um, but I actually we, saw Brave. We became friends in 3D today, because my mom was like, yeah, I didn't know it was released 3D. in 3D. Yep. Better? Worse? Um, added nothing. It, it was a decent 3D, but the only thing is. When, like, you have the camera passing through the forest or uh-huh. kind of those following shots, the stuff in the foreground really gets kind of blurry and kind of, like, jumps a little bit because oh, of the 3D jaggy. effects. Um, but everything else, like, it still looked great, like, the detail mm-hmm. in the hair and, like, the countryside and the rocks. It looks great. And kind of going back to just, like, the ages of people that see this movie. I mean, it was me there. It was my mom. His parents were, like, really little, little kids. And then sitting in front of my mom and I, like, an aisle ahead, there were two women probably in their, like, 70s. Hmm. They, they're they hoping to become witches, maybe? I, they they might have been. <laughs> they might have been a witch. I, I can't say if they were or weren't. Uh, so, do you really believe Spider-Man will not open stronger than 66.3 million? It's tough. If this is the second biggest opening after Avengers... That is more a credit to what the Avengers did than what... Every other movie has done. Yeah. The biggest movie before this, other than Avengers, was Snow White and the Huntsman. And I was making joke that that was the biggest release since then. Uh, you know, the Spider-Man movies have always been really big openers. They really have. They've been some big... They brought in some big grosses. I think a lot of people... It's going to be that wait-and-see, maybe, crowd that's going to go see this. Because a lot of people who aren't fans... Are mad that people are um, rebooting their people series. People are rebooting the series already, and if you think about it, I mean, it's three movies that came out in the last ten years. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know what? You're getting a new director, new actors. Why not reboot it? You know, what's the difference between that and like what they did with um, Batman, Batman back in the day? Yeah, you know, Superman's the only one that had that longer. You know, time frame between between uh, the last one and and Superman Returns. Do we think that with Spider Man Three, it was begging for a reboot of the series? Because I didn't really enjoy Spider Man Three that much. No. Yeah. I'm I'm okay with the reboot. Honestly, I mean, it's yeah. been a long enough time. I think I think a lot of people felt burned from Spider Man Three. Mm-hmm. So. I, I think so too. I think it's more the the. Where the fans were burned by Spider-Man Three, I think people who just watched the movies and watched a little bit of the cartoons growing up <laughs> didn't mind the movies as much. But I think with you know a new director, a new cast, it makes sense to reboot it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you could just make the you know he's one. Peter Parker, he's been Spider-Man. This is another story with him outside, you know, mm-hmm. in that universe, but outside of it that they've already made. Inside that universe, but outside of it. You know, it's... I don't... I didn't he's, get that. He's, alre- he's already been Spider-Man. Those uh-huh. things might have already happened. But you don't but link to them? But you don't reference them. them. Okay. You don't link them. That's what I'm Inside that world, but not okay, directly connecting connected. to it. I don't know. I'd, re- I'd rather have a new franchise started with Mark Webb and Andrew Garfield than the Tobey Maguire, Sam Raimi ones. Mm-hmm. I-, I think this is going to be what Batman Begins was for the Batman franchise. 
if they're able to do that, that would be amazing. And there's no way Brave is going to outpace. I know. I'm I'm hoping that Brave can pull through. Uh, obviously, I yeah, I back that one. But I I still want to see this movie do well because I think it looks really good. Earlier reviews of it have been awesome. Mm-hmm. I think there's no loser when you have two really good movies that perform well. That's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, it's we're we're getting you know we're getting towards. We've gotten a lot of the bulk of the the movie brackets out, mm-hmm. so you know it's really coming up to just a few select ones that I think we all expected to do really well, even though we expected other ones that have kind of flopped or not yeah. done as well as we thought they were going to do. Um, we do have one section of our bracket completely filled, and we're going and we're looking towards you know Brave and Sp- versus Spider Man and Abe Lincoln versus Total Recall. Uh, I, I, to get things moving over there. I think Abraham Lincoln will wind up doing better than Total Recall. I still 16 haven't, point something mil. I, or, I still haven't seen anything about Total Recall. That's true, but it is an August release, and I haven't seen anything about Expendables 2 or... Well, I did see a preview for Ice Age Continental Drift. I did love the uh, preview for Wreck-It uh, Re- Ralph. I think Wreck-It Ralph is going to be pretty good. <laughs> that Wreck-It Ralph looks fun. <laughs> that looks like that's. I was sitting uh, during Brave, and I'm like, man, I might like Wreck-It Ralph better than Brave, and that might be a problem for me. I, yeah, I, but it's all about video games. You would love yeah. it. And, and, and Paul, you were like really excited that they had like Zangief and yes. Sizen and everything in the trailer they, there. Well, they had Capcom characters yeah. in that, and Capcom and Disney, I didn't think went hand in hand because Nam. Well, Namco still owns Pac-Man, right? Yeah. And so there's more than just the one. But here's the thing now, thinking of it this way, too. We have Marvel versus Capcom. Mm-hmm. Who owns uh, Marvel now? Yes, that's true. They do have the crossover there. But I was like, okay, Capcom kind of makes sense. But Namco, you know, Pac-Man with the ghost, that's Namco. And I'm like, they don't have any kind of bedfellow kind of relationship. I going. think if any, if you're going to put, if they're going to make a video game or a movie about video games... Of course you want your characters in there, because then you just re-release the game, mm-hmm. and people will buy it. Or you're going to have go, the oh movie my- come out before your video game actually comes out, and it will be wizard. <laughs> True. <laughs> get, get that reference, kids. Well, and think of it this way. Three times over. <laughs> Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Mm-hmm. You had that same kind of, wow, you've got Disney. Oh, yeah. Donald Duck yelling at Daffy Duck. How cool is that part? Because you mm-hmm. have never seen anything like that since. That's true. And maybe this will be the Who Framed Roger Rabbit <laughs> of the video game world. And that's what made me most... Coming out of Brave, that's the thing that I liked most. Just uh, No, I, Brave was okay. You can check it out over on our YouTube channel. I, I'm looking forward to Wreck-It Ralph, though. I think it'll be fun. Mm-hmm. I do as well. What else we got, Paul? Speaking about video games? You guys know that there's only one thing. I might. Will it release at midnight, do you think? Do you guys think it will? Are, are, are we talking about Wreck-It Ralph or no. what you're looking forward to? What I'm looking forward to. The the new uh, Skyrim download, right? No! <laughs> no, no, but it, close. Another another type of download. 1.9 gigabyte extended cut download of Mass Effect 3. <laughs> free. 1.9 gigs, completely free. It, okay, We can say that, okay, the ending with the controversy and everything was horrible and maybe they, you know... Oh, Mass Effect didn't care about their fans. They didn't create a good enough ending. But to make a 1.9 gigabyte download completely free where 
EA and BioWare have to like basically pony up the money for server space for both, you know, for uh, Microsoft, I know, especially because making things free on Microsoft is a pain in the ass. Uh, we learned that with Valve and their DLC for, you know, Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2, where they actually had to wait until they had, like, sponsorship for those, uh, for the passing. It was, what, some, it was a television show, right? Or a movie? It was a movie. It was like Drag Me to Hell. Oh, yeah, Drag Me to Hell. Yeah, for, uh, for the crossing. Yeah, something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, that's what they kind of had to wait for because they just couldn't make it economically feasible for that company to do it. So I think, you know, they're kind of going up, you know, here on the ledge. They're putting, you know, they're putting money where their mouth is. They're like, no, we want to give you. They have to make it up because that was horrible publicity for BioWare and EA. I mean, there was a class action suit brought up against them. I think that's going to get thrown out, though. They they said that. This was going to take everything you did into account for the ending, and it didn't. That was false advertising. Like, they got pegged for it. Yeah. They, it, it's it's a viable lawsuit for that because they said everything you've done leads mm-hmm. up to this point. And when it comes to the end, Paul, you said yourself, you have three choices. You do have three choices. But, but I said, nothing you've done it really involves any of those. But I wasn't worried about the ending so much as my playthrough of Mass Effect 3, and it did all my choices did seem to affect what happened in Mass Effect 3. But that's what got you to that end point. But those endings had nothing to do with it. There's endings for characters that changed based on what I had in Mass Effect 3, or what I did in the previous games. So there were some endings (laughs) that were affected (laughs) in Mass Effect 3 from what I did in the previous games. Hmm. There would go, lawyered. I picked that. I picked that up from how I met your mother. <laughs> True, but unfortunately, um, yeah. Well, courts, we'll courts don't agree with Paul lawyering. <laughs> Not yet, but because I don't think that's even come to court yet. But uh, I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see what changes they've made, uh, or what and uh, what changes could happen in this 1.9, almost two gigs. That's, that's almost two gigs. You know that's. That's, I think, larger than all of Skyrim. No. Uh, well, they had that weird compression thing that they went on, and they, it was all on one disc, Skyrim. Mm-hmm. How much is a Xbox disc fold? I have no idea. Exactly. 40, 45. 45 gigs? I have no idea. You don't even know what types of windows you're on. <laughs> I'm not sure what gigs are. It's when you go see a band play. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to look that I up. That was a pretty good gig last Saturday. <laughs> yeah, uh, you did. That was great. What else do you guys have to talk about while I look that up? Other than Skyrim, uh, Skyrim Dawnguard. Dawnguard. Well, kind of factoring into what our main topic is, um, DC is running their second survey, uh, teaming them up with the Nielsen Group, where they want to know, hey, what comic books did you buy when the new 52 came out? Which ones did you continue to buy? Where did you buy them? What other comic books do you buy? Um, DC really wants to kind of see what's going on with people, what their thoughts are. I mean, this was huge for DC. I mean, here we are, almost a year later, still talking about it. I mean, we've got a whole main topic devoted to it. Um, they they want to know what's working for them, what's not working. Because they went out on the ledge here, and it seems to be helping them out a lot. So they want to see what they can do to kind of keep riding that train. All right, here's your answer. Uh, a single... Uh 
single layer of DVD can hold 4.6 gigs. Double layer can then hold twice as much at uh, 8.7 gigs. Not bad. How much for Skyrim? It would probably be running close to the 8.7 gigs to be on one disc. Let's not forget, Mass Effect 3 was on two discs. Yes, it was. Because you had to switch between. (laughs) And there was some long loading times in between that. (laughs) But... Yeah, I'm, I missed out on the first survey. I will probably take the second survey, uh, if I remember. I will, I will put a link up to it on our Facebook bag hey. and board so you can take it. And those of you listening who would be interested to take it can as well. Cause I'd like to take it. I mean, I've, I've been holding on to a lot of their books. Not, I, not as mm-hmm. much as you two, but I get most of mine from Chris. If he wasn't getting yeah, them, I would be picking we, them up. We were buying more books than you were before the relaunch anyways. But right True. when the relaunch came out is when I started ordering through mm-hmm. previews. You know, it was yeah. a few months before that. Well, also, this might kind of pertain to you. There's a lot of questions on there about digital distribution as well. Which I have been. I started picking up the uh, Legends of the Dark Knight, which is their Batman book that they're just releasing weekly on uh, digital download. Not Batman Beyond or, or Justice League? Beyond is that what it's called? Because it's not unlimited. Yeah, it's I think just it's Justice League like Beyond. Beyond. Either uh, those two, which are also digital format. No, um, I've I just picked up those bat those Legends of Batman because it's two you know mm-hmm. it's two different creators like an artist uh, and um, writer and writer on their different different little takes on on Batman. Um, Jeff Lemire and uh, Damon uh, Limonoff. Um. J.G. Jones and, uh, I forget who J.G. Jones worked with. I can look it up real quick. Uh, J.G. Jones and Jonathan Larson and then, um, Tom Taylor and Nicola Scott worked on the third one. And they've been big name creators. They've been great little, great little things with, uh, with Batman. It's been really fun and they all have a different style and a different take on them. It's, it's been really enjoyable. Yeah. Because it does seem like to you a Batman book. Is a Batman book, after all. For the most part. And talking about books that you're looking forward to reading each week, what are we looking forward to this week, June 27th, guys? I know that you can look up a bagged and board bite on your your thoughts of Justice League Dark. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure what those are because I haven't seen that yet. But uh, Chris I, was also in the video. I was. I, know. I am. Um, but I've, en- I've been. I've enjoyed. Um, Number nine of Justice League Dark. I was a little on the fence, but more on the enjoying side. Um, and I picked up, uh, I'm going to pick up number 10 with uh, Jeff Lemire and art by. I'm not going to pronounce that name. Chris does. I'm sorry, I was trying to post that. What are we talking about? The artist of uh, for um, Justice League Dark. It's, oh, uh, it's Giuseppe Camincoli. Yeah. It's your book, John. You should know this. <laughs> Come prepared. I would, I would never be able to say that name. <laughs> Come I, prepared. I don't even think I said Damon Lindelof enough, right? Damon Lindelof? Yeah. See? He did Lost. I know. Doesn't mean I can say his name. I can say Lost. <laughs> and I liked it. <laughs> uh, but I've been, I've, uh, I did enjoy it, and I'm looking forward to where the story goes. I'm a big Jeff Lemire fan. Paul, Paul's You're been welcome. fronting that guy for a while, and, uh, I'm getting on the Jeff Lemire train. I know. It's, it's a good train to be on. 
Much like the Jason Aaron train that I'm currently riding with Wolverine and the X-Men number 12, uh, like I already said, written by just Jason Aaron and art done by Nick Bradshaw. And this is focusing in on Kid Gladiator, which is the character that I thought I would like the least and have ended up kind of liking the most. He's a lot of fun. I really he, enjoy when he pops up in the Wolverine and the X-Men book. Yeah, he's kind of like a better version of the Superboy Prime that that was going on over at DC. But he was kind of like made to irritate you. This Kid Gladiator is made to have fun with. And I enjoy going along in the ride. And I think that's what Wolverine the X-Men is all about. I was just thumbing through one of Paul's older issues, and I just stopped on like... Issue 9. I just stopped on um, just like small little panel of the X-Men mansion, and I was just like... Yeah, that's that's exactly how I'd want to see it. And it's like the mansion with... You mean Jean Grey's school for higher learning? Yes. Of course. This is the school. But you have like an Iceman tower to the one side. You got all this electronic stuff on the front. It's another like crazy tower coming out the front. And I'm like, it. it's just a fun, a fun book. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why we've all enjoyed those X-Men's and why, you know, we... We put uh, Jason Aaron far, so far through our uh, creator bracket. Yeah, very true. Uh, this is unfortunately a tie into AVX. Uh, it's Kid Gladiator versus the Avengers, but uh, it's Kid Gladiator which, which versus is the Avengers. Exactly. So that's why I'm overcoming my kind of uh, dread of reading more AVX to get to pick up this book still. You know, not doing what I normally do when I'm tired of an event, which is like, tie-in, oh, good, I'm saving three bucks. Or four, in this case. Like, the fact that it's still being written by Jason Aaron, I think, definitely helps it out. If it was Mm -hmm. someone else stepping up to do this crossover, I probably wouldn't want to pick it up, let alone read it. Um, But, yeah, Jason Aaron, definitely. He didn't win the uh, the Marvel side of the bracket for nothing. Chris. Yeah. What book are you looking forward to? I'm actually looking forward to because a- we've been doing this for three years, and I don't want, and I no longer forget people's books. You did it to me before, and <laughs> I didn't like it. Um, I'm looking forward to a DC book, and for those of you listening at home or wherever you are, you can't tell, but I'm actually wearing a Blue Lantern T-shirt right now, it's and true. I got to go with Green Lantern and the New Guardians number ten. Uh, shit's going downhill for the Blue Lantern Corps. Their planet's being assaulted by the scarabs from the Reach, who actually huh. were the origin for the new Blue Beetle. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're not doing so well. Uh, we're seeing the last stand of the Blue Lanterns happening, and I want to see where it goes. And I'm really looking forward to it. Wait, uh, Tony Bedard and Tyler Kirkham. Blue Beetle and the Blue Lanterns can't get along. No, they can't. Oh, that's too bad. Well, Blue Beetle can be Beetle, okay, yeah. but the Reach, which is like they're like locusts almost that devour planets. Chris, I just... Oh, my gosh, they're like Galactus. Yeah. From Chris. the movie, Fantastic Four 2. Yeah, the Rise of Silver Surfer. Uh, but, Chris, I, I don't lose hope. Oh, they're not. Okay. St. Walker's trying to rally the troops. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's... How many books for Green Lantern? Well, it's interesting that you bring that up, because I happen to have a whole ton of numbers in front of me here. Because that seems like that there's at least four Green Lantern books right now. There are. But that's going to bring us into our main topic, Paul. What? It will. Hi, this is Kyle Stevens. And this is Jim DeMonacos. And we're a Kirby Crackle. And you're listening to Bagged and Board Podcast.
And before we get into the main topic, I have one more beer for us to try. And this is the RJ Rocker out of um, South Carolina's Black Pearl IPA. Out of South Carolina's what? They're out of South Carolina. Oh, you, you, you had the apostrophe <laughs> S there. So I thought it was out of South Carolina's. And then you just went, kept going. I was excited to hear what South Carolina has. I don't has. speak right sometimes. You just noticing that? Yeah, it's been I add years. extra letters. I I leave some out. I was really hoping that you would have, you know, like, you know, we would have bantered. Oh, middle region. <laughs> I believe it's the upper, the upper region, the upper upper region. Huh? South Carolina's upper region. They didn't want to succeed because they kind of felt like they were almost northern. But <laughs> they're almost they, northern. But they decided, yes, yes, succession would be the better Ooh. part of value here. That's uh, the kind of banter I was looking for. Ah, uh, um, you get a lot of smoke. Uh, we mentioned when we first take a sip uh, before we started recording. There's a little bit of a teriyaki to it. This beer could be on its last legs. On its last legs. Yeah, I don't like it. You don't get a lot of the IP. Yeah. You don't get any IPA from it. I get no hops. I'm regretting putting this at like a three out of five. I wish I'd gone down to a two. Ah oh, man, like there's some beers that I put at a two that I I still rate higher than lower than this, and so I can't put this at a two. You know, I'm, I'm actually going on untapped right now. I'm going to delete my check in and redo it because seriously, like, check it in again. You took no, I don't want step. I don't want saying I have two of these. You just want to have had it twice. Uh, yeah, it's not, it's, it was rated, I mean, on, on untapped, it has an average of a four rating. Yeah. Um, so we just probably just got a bottle towards the, the end of its life. It was a pain in the ass to open it because it's, the top's been dipped in wax. <laughs> the entire top. It's not just like the tip. They got the tip and the shaft completely <laughs> covered in wax. This was more than just your king seal of approval. This is a whole... Like, instead of just putting the wing ring into the wax and then making his seal, he, like, put... It's like the whole... The whole letter, letter is dipped is in wax, dipped. and you can't read it now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Almost like, as Chris would think, you can't drink it now. Yeah. Exactly. It's pretty bad. It's not... <sighs> Good try, John. It, uh, it was it was a higher-rated uh, beer. I, I did not I, fault you for us. the attempt. Yeah. Because we've been loving black IPAs. Unfortunately, this is an example of a black IPA done wrong. Because they left the IPA at home. They didn't did. bring it. Yeah, this this is just like that quick hit of teriyaki, which, you know, we talked about before. It probably just been sitting on a shelf too long. But I'll just smoke. Smoking no, mirrors. Yeah. No IPA flavor to it at all. I'm trying to see when it was bottled. Yeah, I checked before. There's no bottled date. Uh, There's like a 2312, which it's right above the uh, UPC code on the back. Oh, um, yeah. I don't know if that means it's from February or... No, I don't Something know. Else, I don't know. It could just be like a ID label for it, mm-hmm. but you know. Yep. Another good thing there's some more of that. Yeah, you can rinse your glass with some because uh, this Eastern I, Standard. I did not feel the need skill. to top pour off more your glass. Pour more in after like all that it head ca- went and away. it came out all like just all foam. Paul was the only yeah. one who was able to pour it with a little bit, and it foamed up in the bottle too. And it kind of foams up in your mouth when you pour yeah. it. So the 
bubbles almost tickle your own nose, and it's kind of gross because of that. That is going to foam up on you now, too. You realize that, right? Uh, My bets are against it's not going to. It's okay. Okay. I won. No, I won because I don't have to drink any more of that crappy (laughs) beer. You guys still have some in your glasses. But I no, I'm okay. This is all I need. But I think the real winner is over at DC Comics with the Batman family of titles. See what I did there? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I kind of, I kind of segued it. You segued it. One of my better ones. (laughs) Every once in a while, you just get all that foam in your mouth, and then it just like it's like. It tickles your whole face. It's, it's not good. I'm sorry, you got brought it back on track, but then John was laughing at me because of the face I made. I wasn't even looking at you. I want, and you went, it's the way you did. You I, did that. I didn't know I did that. You made a face at me because I, I was making a face. I made a faces at you. Batman. How yes. is it sustainable to have, well, let's let's talk about, what is actually happening over at DC? Let's let's the talk about the new fifty-two, meaning fifty-two all new, all different titles, right? Yes, back uh, in September, DC completely relaunched their lines, uh, did away with the Wildstorm imprint. Everything was brought under one banner, DC. Um, from here, they completely relaunched all their uh, series, all their titles with new number ones. Canceled some books, brought in some new ones, um, just to get a fresh start. Really diversifying their line. Um, and as the months progress, some books have gone away. We've gotten some new ones, and it's that time where some more go away. Um, if you go on to bagmore.com at all, there's two articles up there right now um, outlining what DC has actually done with their uh, cancel books and what they've brought on instead. Um, I stayed up all night last week crunching numbers here. Um, so you can actually play along at home if you'd like to, because what I have here is... um. The number, the books solicited in the month of September. This is the most recent solicitations that DC's put out. Um, for September 2012, we have 56 books from DC. More than their normal 52. Mm-hmm. That's because four of the books have actually been canceled, and these are their final issues. Um, the books that were canceled, no more Captain Adam. No more Captain. No more Resurrection Man, which Paul, you enjoyed. I did, which uh, I I also enjoyed too. It was a very good. It was a very good book. I'm surprised that, man. You know what? Probably did in it. It has no tie over tie in with any other book. Go ahead. But there's there's a few other books that have no tie ins that are doing much better. Mm-hmm. But and there are some books that are doing worse than this that are still going to be around. You can actually read all about that over on BaggingBoard.com. So, what is their strategy? What is their outlook? What, what do you think that, what is our theory behind DC's outlook theory? Basically, DC is going with what works in here. Um, of the 56 titles solicited in the month of September, 24% of them are Batman family books. 24%. So, so a quarter of their entire line is made up of Batman books. Um, mm. for those who might not be aware of how it's broken up, DC has all of their titles into different families. Um, we've got Batman, Superman, Green Lantern, Justice League, which Justice League is a pretty broad one because there's right. a bunch of different books that fall underneath that banner. The Dark, yep. The Edge, and Young Justice. Which ones are the Edge books? I always forget. It's uh, All- All-Star Western, Deathstroke. Um, nope. Deathstroke's Dark. 
Is it dark? Cause yep. No, no, that's that has to be the edge because the dark is like the almost vertigo. Edge is uh, the upcoming Team Seven book that was announced. Uh, Stormwatch, GI Combat, Suicide Squad, Voodoo, and All Star Western. Okay. Just so as... I, I wrote these down right from huh. the S- September solicitation. And you left Grifter. Grifter is also a dark book. Because when I like I I followed them from a, you know, I think an older thing, not the solicitations. Those two were listed under they, Edge. They were Edge, but they're now under the Dark Banner. Huh? Is it to fit in those new the, those more gritty series hmm. are under Dark? That's weird because I thought the Edge was the more gritty and the Dark was the more uh, kind of supernatural. S- yeah, not necessarily because here's some of the, like the. Dial H is under the dark banner as well. Supernatural. Supernatural. But it's still a superhero book. It's a superhero book, but but it's... It's it's got the supernatural kind of elements to it. It's once dipped Because you would think the edge would be the, you know, the bullets over, Mm -hmm. and the dark would be more the wand, the mystical... If I was going to put Suicide Squad anywhere, definitely edge. Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, who else is kind of like that? Oh, Deathstroke. Like those kind of, yeah, you know, and Grifter. I mean, yeah. Grifter's kind of got that with the the alien. I don't know. I've only read the first issue, but like the aliens and everything in it, that would go with like Stormwatch, which is which is Edge. edge but yeah. yeah, it just yeah, it's just so now, weird. Could they be putting those over there to put new Edge books in to maybe get rid of them? Well, what's interesting about that is Edge and Dark both have the worst drop-off of any books published. When you look at the numbers from when the books launched to what their sales were in mm-hmm. uh, May, which is as far up as we can have. If you want to check out the actual sales numbers, uh best website for it is actually Comicron.com. Okay. Um, I was going to go with uh, Comic Book Resources also, like, they, with a Mayo report. Yeah. I, I enjoy them. That's where I go. But, Chris, what's this Comicron? Uh, Comicron is actually pulled together by... um. What's his name? Uh, John Jackson Miller, who is actually a comic book writer. He does a lot of stuff at Dark Horse. Mm-hmm. He does some of the uh, Star Wars books. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but he like pulls all these numbers and throws everything together um, for the top 300 books, and, um, issues, trade paperbacks, everything from there, and then breaks it down by like dollar share, unit share. It's a crazy amount of research that goes into everything. Because then he gives you, like, the complete number, books sold, mm-hmm. dollar amounts, crazy amounts of information here. Um, It's a great site. It's actually what I usually use when I want to see how something's been doing. Sounds good. Sounds good. Crunch numbers. I I usually use the uh, May report from Comic Book Resources because they also break down, uh, like, the dollar uh, share from the by comic book publisher and also lists the... Well, let's see how long their list goes. I think it's 150. Oh, nope, longer. Uh, the top 300 also of the of books sold with uh, your estimated uh, total report units reported. I usually use Chris, and you can <laughs> you can contact him at chris at beggingboard.com. That's beggingboardcast.com. Beggingboardcast.com. Um, I, I will say this, Paul. Mm-hmm. I don't know how far back Mayo goes, but you can go back and track comic book sales all the way to the 1960s on Comicron. Yeah, that is pretty so, cool. I don't know. I Having used Comicron, I've only come across like whenever we did our brackets, it he, would usually be this. He does pull everything from 
Diamond's actual numbers, right. which I'm imagining Mayo probably does as well. Mm-hmm. No, those are two excellent sources. I w- will definitely check out the Comicron from now on, uh, just on your recommendation alone. Absolutely. Uh, I'm a, so 24%. 24% is just Batman books. Um, we talked a little bit about this before, um, John and I, about what books actually fall into Batman. Because it's some stuff that's kind of like, why is that one there? Um, Paul, you and I talked about mm-hmm. Birds of Prey is one. Yes. Now that it's no longer Oracle and leading the group, and it's now Black Canary leading the group, makes me feel like it should be more of a Green Arrow book. But Batgirl is in the team. Right. She's a team member. And Batgirl is in the Batman family. Justice League, Batman's in. Yes. Batman, uh, Justice League is not a Batman family book. Yeah, but Superman, Batman. Superman is in the Superman group, not in the Justice League group of books. And Batman's in the Batman group of books and not the just Justice League group yeah, of books. Because they have their own right. one. And just like Green Lantern is in the Green Lantern one. Like the, the, the characters okay. that carry more title kind of surnames, like mm-hmm. Superboy or Supergirl, would fall under the Superman, Green Lantern, Green Lantern Corps. Green Lantern, New Guardian, Red Lantern would fall in the Green Lantern one. Birds of Prey, Batman book, yet what also takes Teen place Titans. takes place in Gotham, led led by Robin, mm-hmm. not the not a Batman book, but a youth or what is it called? Young, Young Justice. Justice book. Well, also has Superboy. Mm-hmm. It's not considered to be a Superman book, right? Wonder Girl, who Wonder Woman is Justice, Justice League. League, Kid Flash. Flash falls under Justice, Justice League. League. So, it, it, you know I mean, what? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's the younger it's character a, books. It's a mm-hmm. mix, yeah, and it goes with the, the younger character books. I say that Barbara Gordon, Batgirl, is still and, one generation behind, because she's the same age as Dick Grayson, mm-hmm. uh, one generation behind Batman. I would put the, and especially with the de-aging of Oliver Queen, I would put Birds of Prey in Young Justice. But there's still an older team with Katana and Black Canary there. And it doesn't well, always just focus on what characters are in it, but also the type of stories being told. That's why I said the de-aging of, you know, Oliver Queen, because that would must also de-age Yana Lace. So, you know, Black Canary. You know, that's why I'm saying, like, it feels like it should more tie into now, because it's not so much about Gotham anymore. Birds of Prey. It really isn't, and it's it seems like it should be more in that line than even the Batman books, but you know, how are they going to increase sales? By calling it bat- a Batman family book. I, I think of all the places where you could put it, it probably falls more comfortably in the Bat family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I see the marketing strategy behind it, uh, but it's like that kind of, like what I was saying, like Okay, where's the cutoff? Where do we start stop calling things Batman books and start calling them like another book? And I was kind of trying to make the argument with X Men over at Marvel, where okay, is Deadpool an X Men book? He's shown up in X Men books. He's a mutant. He's definitely tied into Wolverine quite a bit, mm-hmm. and Wolverine's an X Man. When you look at the solicitations, Deadpool does fall underneath the X Men banner. Mm-hmm. So. Like, we're, we're, because what I'm really coming down to when you told me that there's going 
of the market for DC is Batman. I'm like, that's crazy. How can Th- a, 13 <laughs> issues every month. How can they sustain that? And then I counted, you know, Marvel's X-Men titles, including things. <laughs> if you include X-Men versus Avengers versus X-Men, then right now they got basically 15 books, X-Men books coming out. If you don't include that title, then it's between 14 and 13, depending on Deadpool and Wolverine and what, where that kind of great bleed area you want to include in there. And then, even with the Avengers now, which Avengers team does not have one X-Men in it? Mm. You know? You got Wolverine and all the X-Men, uh, all the Avengers books. He's Be- a new... Beast was a secret Avenger. Mm-hmm. You, you got... And then you have Storm going to be part of the Avengers, too. So, at what point do we say that Marvel doesn't have an X-Men book? You know? Between New Mutants and even Runaways had mutants in it. Not being published anymore. Shame on you, Marvel. <laughs> Shame on you. Uh, it's So, I'm like, oh, maybe this is just a strategy that these companies have to have. Where... They are going to pound and oversaturate the market with the characters that sell. The characters that sell right that's, now. That's how comic Batman books have always been, though. And Wolverine. It's just now we're actually seeing how it's broken down by them mm-hmm. with DC putting them into these families. Right. Almost like a mini banner. It's, because here's the thing. Yeah. If, if you're a Batman fan, you're probably going to be checking out those books that fall into the Batman family. If mm-hmm. you didn't have these, and you were buying Batman, Nightwing, Batgirl, you would probably be buying Birds of Prey as well, regardless if Oracle's leading the team or not. Mm-hmm. It makes sense to fold it into that like segment of books. Now, is the upcoming Talon book, is that going to be a Bat Family book? That is also a Bat Family yep. book. So you've got Talon, Batman, Batman Incorporated, Detective Comics, Batman the Dark Knight, Batman and Robin, Batwoman, Batgirl, Batwing, Nightwing, <laughs> Birds of Prey, Catwoman, and Red Hood and the Outlaws. So it's going to be 25, probably about 25% then after adding two more books. Nope, that's, that's including these. Oh, that's including those. Of okay. September after solicitations. September. Okay. If anything, October, we're going to see the other families take a hit because those books that are canceled are coming out of the Dark and the Edge families. So they're going to be dropping their sales numbers. Because as it stands right now from the actual sales of May books, the Batman family of titles, so the mm-hmm. books that make up 24% actually account for 20, or I'm sorry, 36% of the new 52 sales. Wow. Yes. If you look at the next family of books that has the highest publishing mm-hmm. solicitations would be The Dark with 22%. Okay, so Dark is so doing pretty well so for Dark's themselves. So Dark's doing pretty well. Even with a high drop-off. That's titles published, not right. titles sold. If you look at the percent okay. sold, the Dark only accounts for 11% <laughs> of what's sold, which is why you see so much drop-off between that and the Edge. Because mm-hmm. when you look at the number of Edge titles solicited, you have 11%. Edge books only account for 5% of the new 52 sales. And what's what's interesting is the edge is getting um team seven team seven yes which has two of the characters that were edge and that are now dark mm-hmm. so i mean if if you're gonna follow kind of their what their logic is is 
you might see Grifter and Deathstroke books dropping. That's what I'm thinking is actually going to happen because both Grifter and Deathstroke are towards the bottom of the DC sales. Mm -hmm. When you pull up the numbers for them, it's pretty sad just how bad they're selling. Um, I don't have the actual numbers in front of me right now. It's in a Wildstorm character. Deathstroke was the uh, number 122 overall selling book Mm -hmm. um, in the month of May. And Grifter, you have the number 154 selling book overall out of the top 300. So it's really low. It's not the lowest of the DC 52 books, which belongs to Captain Adam. Well, you're looking at halfway through all the... KT Kroll! On his own, Captain Adam just doesn't sell books. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, remember when JT Kroll was going to be that next new writer for DC? And he didn't do it. Yeah, you had uh, the rise and fall of Green Arrow and rise... The fall of it was the fall of Green Arrow, right? And the, the rise, rise of Arsenal. Arsenal, and it was kind of like the swap of that, like actually happened in the book, and people hated it, and uh, it just did not work. And then he and was then he, put on. He took over Green Lant or Green Arrow too when mm-hmm. he got reborn, and after yeah, the New Fifty Two, he was writing Green Arrow, and also well, no, he's when um he took over and he was in the forest, the Star Forest. Oh yeah, yeah. He took over that Arrow too, mm-hmm. and he was continued doing that run, and he was writing uh Teen Titans for a while, and nothing ever really happened with any of those books where it made me stop and think like, oh yes, this guy's the writer, and I did pick up the Rise and Fall of Green Arrow and Rise and Fall of Arsenal, and just they just didn't wow me, and I couldn't get into his Teen Titans work either. But that's neither here nor there in this discussion. Thirty percent. So, Batman. Thirty percent of all sales from DC. Thirty six. Thirty six percent. Thirty six. You're like, yeah, but guys, come on, like Marvel. How much? What? What percentage is it? X Men over there. Twenty percent. That's with me rounding up. For rounding error. <laughs> it's 19.7% or something like that. Uh, going all the way down to the 102nd most sold book from, I'm using April's numbers because, uh, like we said before, using different reports, but still, uh, apropos for this conversation, uh, it's 20% versus 36%, and that's going down to 102 for New Mutants for all of Marvel sales. And Marvel was the second Second banana in that month to DC. Now, do you know how many books Marvel puts out? Not total. No, not the total number. I didn't count. See, this because this Chris is kinda, did more research than <laughs> I did. It's okay? tough to say because this these numbers aren't every right. DC book. This doesn't include stuff like the unwritten. This mm-hmm. is just stuff that's branded new Fifty Two. Right. This is the Fifty Six titles. Uh, yeah. You have you know, like you're not including. Um, the Huntress book that came out, because that's kind of outside of that 52. There's there's probably about like 10 books that are outside that new 52. Th- those were actually considered to be part of the new 52. Okay. They were part of the second wave. As titles were canceled, mm-hmm. those were brought on. So when we lost like Static Shock, um, Mr. Terrific, I can't remember what mm-hmm. other books now, but that's when we got Huntress, World's Finest, 
and a couple well, other books. Well, no, the, like the Huntress miniseries. Yep. Like that was included that, in that, that was and included. so it was part of the second wave. Nightwatch. No, Nightwatch was not. No, okay. That's like one of those other books. That's one of the books that's outside. Outside. Okay. okay. In my tally for the twenty percent, uh, I did not include A versus X, which was the top two selling books of that month because it's bi-weekly. And also, I did not include because I believe there was double shipping happening in that month for those books. I only took the top numbers from each of those titles. So. You know, if X-Men came out twice that month, I only took one number for X-Men and Uncanny X-Men the same. So, 20%, you would think is like, wow, that's that's a lot for one kind of family to be running on. But 36 is even more. But 16%. I believe Marvel puts out a lot more books than... They put out a lot more books than DC does. And their classifications aren't as... Pronounced? Like pinpoint. Well, they're not marketed as heavily yeah. because DC puts it on their cover now. Like what their family books are. It's right on the cover. Like Chris said, it's a second, it's a secondary banner. And a lot of people, I don't even think even notice that when they're picking up books. Uh, it's one of those things that it doesn't say, you know, Batman family. Mm-hmm. If, if you look at the DC swirl, like we talked about this when mm-hmm. they relaunched, each family has a different color. That's, that's kind of about it. Mm-hmm. But with the X-Men family, you kind of know, because it has an X in the title most of the time. And, you know, you, you have the, your Wolverine and the de- uh, Deadpools that are mutants. And if you're picking up those books, you know that they're X-Men family books, you know? And also kind of worth noting during this time, the month of May, which sales that we are looking mm-hmm. at, they did have the Night of the Owls going on. Right. Which was a big event. But over at Marvel for X-Men, you had... Exactly. So I thought it was kind of comparable, like, just to bring that up. And that's why I tried to do at least a little bit of research, because <laughs> I know you were crunching numbers late until yeah. the night one night. Uh, but just to kind of throw this out there quick, um, for the September solicitations, the actual percentages, like we said, Batman has 24%. The Dark is the next highest with 22% of titles mm. published. After that, we have Justice League, 20%. Which is pretty impressive. Uh, after that, we have Edge with 11, Young Justice with 9%. Now keep in mind, there's only like five books that are falling underneath that banner. And then we have both Superman and Green Lantern with 7% of the titles solicited. Superman has four. Four books, Superboy, Supergirl, Action Comics, Action Comics and Superman. Yes. Yeah. Same and thing with Green Lantern. We've got Green Lantern, Green Lantern Core, New Guardians, Red Lanterns. Mm-hmm. So those are the two smallest families being published and are not the least or selling, I should say. Um, when you look at the May sales, they both have 9%. Mm-hmm. So they're pretty even with how they're solicited. Um, worst sales belonging to the edge, which is only 5%, like you said mm-hmm. before, and Young Justice, which is only 6%. Well, I mean, Young Justice has got the two Legion books, which, unless yes. you're an old-school yeah. Legion fan, you're not picking up those books. And, like, All-Star Western, which falls under Edge, for some reason is three ninety nine. I was picking that book up. I enjoyed it, but not at a three ninety nine price point. You know, it it's some little kind of silly things, and I don't know what makes that three ninety nine over... Any other book? 
Um, and out of the dark, like, I liked Frankenstein, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., but they had such a crappy artist on it that yeah. I couldn't read the book. I It just was, like, unreadable for me. Mm-hmm. And they got um, uh, J.G. Jones doing the covers for those, which the covers are really great, and they make you want to pick them up, only to see that the book itself looks crappy. Mm-hmm. And actually, since you mentioned it, uh, Frankenstein, let me see, one, two... Four, five, six, seven. Not the worst selling of the DC and you books, honestly. <laughs> Even taking that all into account. Better selling than a lot of the ones that were just canceled. But Batman being such a heavy part of the DC and you, is it a fad? Is it because they got a new Batman movie coming out this summer that they're really pushing the Batman family? It is selling because we see that it's 24% of the mark of the published books, but it's getting 36% of the actual dollar share in. So you do see it selling. Do you guys think that it will continue or is it because of events like Night of the Owl where all ships are kind of raised in that Bat family? To, to make those sales actually possible. I, I just think, like, you know what? Batman is, he's been around forever. People the have been reading DC him. comic books is named DC comic books. Why? Detective Comics. And who was the star of Detective Comics? Batman. Yeah. So, you know, there's a long history. He's There's a long history. I think anyone will say he's got the best rogue gallery. And... They're just guys in a different colored suit making puns <laughs> off of their gimmick. Well, exactly. But they... The Flash has the best rogues gallery. Oh, Mirror Man. It's creepy as hell. L- looking at May's sales. Number one selling book, Avengers vs. X-Men. Number, Number two, two selling book, Avengers, Avengers vs. X-Men. X-Men. Number three, Batman. Batman. Number four, Justice League. Number five, The Batman Annual. Mm-hmm. Number, where is this? Seven, Batman Incorporated. Number eight, Detective Comics. Number nine, Action Comics. Mm-hmm. The original superhero is number, number nine right there. Green Lantern is number 10. Number 11, Earth 2. Number mm-hmm. 12, Batman the Dark Knight. Number 13, Batman and Robin. Next DC book you have is number 19, Flash. Yeah. Can you guess what number 20 is? I'm guessing it is Nightwing. Well, no, oh, that's <laughs> world's finest. Number twenty-one, Superman. Hmm. So out of like the top twenty comic books, almost half of them are Batman family books. And the thing is, you can say like, "Oh, well, Grant Morrison's twenty-two. Yeah, Grant Morrison's writing, you know, uh, Batman Incorporated. You know, you have high-powered talent on that book. Of course, it's going to sell more. But then you go back and you go back in through the list and, oh, Action Comics is number, what what did you say, 12, 11? Action Comics? Oh, I blanked out. Is number nine. Number nine. Also written by Grant Morrison. Two two below. Mm -hmm. So it's not just the talent that's on each book because, honestly, okay, live. The writers being equal because they are because it's both Grant Morrison. You got Chris Burnham on art for Batman Incorporated. 
and then Rags Morales on Action Comics. Who's the bigger name and artist? Rags Morales. Exactly. So you would think, okay, just if the character is equal, nobody cares about that, and they're just looking at the talent on the book, Action Comics should be selling more. And that's not the case. Batman Incorporated is selling more. And and getting a little bit back to my point is Batman also has just a long history of characters. Nightwing, you know, Robin, Batgirl, Batwoman, like all these people are throughout their, their mm-hmm. time frame and deserve their books to fall into line to have such a big roster. You know, he's had characters that people mm-hmm. have loved for years. And, you know, it, you know, 22 is Nightwing. He, you know, he's, he's the sidekick that stepped up into that role. You don't have that anywhere else. A sidekick stepping up into such a huge role. I'm really trying to think of something that would prove you wrong. Bucky. He became Captain America. He became for a Captain while, America, and now he is Winter Soldier. Uh, all right, but that's Win- Winter Soldier being the number eighty-two overall selling <laughs> book. So you're looking for well, no sixty spots down. But also, From Winter Soldier, America. and you know Bucky coming back has been in the last five years, ten years. Wolverine was created just to fight the Hulk. <laughs> I told you that two days ago. <laughs> and not Sasquatch. What's his name? Wendigo. Wendigo. By Lenween. Yeah, I mean, it took, took a few, like what, ten? It took Mark Miller to, not Mark Miller, uh, uh, Frank Miller, to write that Wolverine run. And, well, but, Chris Claremont brought him into the X-Men. Mm-hmm. I, I think what you're seeing is, yeah, Batman sales have 36%. Because look at the books that we're reading and the books that we're actually talking about. They're, they're Batman books. Scott Snyder is awesome. The, the quality is there. Mm-hmm. Even something silly like Red Hood and the Outlaws. That's a book that I love. It's number 34 overall. That book has a lot of people online that hate it just because it doesn't read like an actual like superhero comic book because it's, it's crazy. It's off the wall. Mm-hmm. And honestly, a book that I didn't like, and I didn't see any positive stuff about it, Catwoman, is number 33 overall. Or another book that's even higher, Batgirl, which is yeah. 24 overall, and we just cannot get into it. Yeah. And Gail Simone, pop, you know, very divisive writer uh, over for comic book fans. No. I'm so, glad she's a firestorm. Well, well, she she yeah, left. I know she left, and that's a book that was canceled, right? Firestorm? No, no, Firestorm's still going on. The Fury of Firestorm is still going on, even in it, September. And that's with a, your solicitor. That's a Justice League book. Yes, it is. is. It's honestly, Firestorm is a better selling book than I Vampire, Blue Beetle. What? Yeah, DC I Vampire is great. I Vampire is number one forty four, so it's placed two above it. What are you doing, uh, readers? Blue Beetle. Then also beneath that, DC Universe Presents, and Grifter, mm-hmm. which I mean, we've already talked about, kind of like the lowest selling books, but yeah. And I, I Vampire is it's a it's a good book. Like it, I I really think it just belong it belongs in Vertigo. I think it would do so much better outside of no, because it's so good. Because it's it works well. 
because it's tied into Justice League Dark. It's tied into the well, they Dark just books. Brought, they just brought him into Justice they, League They Dark. have that big crossover with him getting those powers of Kane with Justice League Dark. It was all tied in, and now he's a member of you know, that team also. So, But I think that's which works I, well. I think this is something I touched on in the article. I think that's we're going to be seeing the end of I Vampire over the next couple months mm-hmm. because it is such a low-selling book. Justice League Dark is number 68 overall. Right. It's in why, the top 100. Why keep publishing a book that's not getting that audience when you have a book that already is? Mm-hmm. Put them on there. Same thing with Grifter and Deathstroke. Both yeah. those characters are appearing in Team 7. Cancel those two books because you're going to have those two characters present mm-hmm. somewhere else. That's two more titles you can Where's Blue publish. Beetle appearing? Blue Beetle is just in Blue Beetle. And that book is still going on? It's 145 overall. See, I right? thought that was a book that was canceled during the first wave. No, nope. uh, Static Shock was. Ah, uh, okay. But Static Shock had a lot of creator difficulties and differences on it. Mm-hmm. But I think if we see Blue Beetle start appearing in something like Teen Titans. Yep, like they tried before. Like they tried before. I think you'll see Blue Beetle title proper go away, but the character will be around. Mm-hmm. And, and I really feel bad it's not a book that I've kept up on, but I really like Blue Beetle number one. And I planned, I planned on grabbing the, grabbing it in trades. Um, but like, I, I Vampire is a good book. Mm-hmm. It really is. And the art in it, everything to me, it really just says that that should be under Vertigo. And mm-hmm. yeah, and they got the character in, in, um, um, Justice League Dark, but mm-hmm. you could have him have that little bit of a jump, just like they did with Constantine, like put yeah. him into the proper. But that that book, everything that you read about that book, it says Vertigo book. It that first to, issue makes yeah. it a Vertigo book. It needs to be a little bit, you know, quote-unquote dark, <laughs> you know, to be a Vertigo book. I would want them to go storytelling a little bit more mature, meaning, like, don't make it so superhero-y. No, because it is definitely a superhero book right now with him being, you know, especially with the powers that he got from the crossover, you know, with Kane or whatever. Um, I would want it more intrigue, more, you know, like two lovers basically quarreling. Which the book started out to be. be. And it's gotten away from it. It's become much more superhero. It's gotten away from it, and I stopped reading it before it got there. And I was kind of shocked, because I hadn't been reading Mm -hmm. Justice League Dark, to pick up Jeff Lemire's Dark and have him in there. And then he kind of seems like a tool in that, where I really liked him in I Vampire. I don't Mm -hmm. like him in Justice League Dark. I don't want him on my team. See, Justice League Dark is the only way I will read that character because I, I've read a couple mm-hmm. of your issues of I Vampire, but it's not something that I feel the need to read. We just did a bag and board bite. It hasn't been posted yet, but I love Justice League Dark number nine. That's a book that I want to read. Mm-hmm. And it's not because Andrew's appearing in there. It's definitely an ensemble book and mm-hmm. it looks amazing. I'll pick it up regardless if Andrew's in there or not. If I'm going to be buying that book and not I Vampire, well, DC's going to be looking at that. Because they, they say, like, well, we've got this character in this book mm-hmm. now. Sales aren't dropping on it. Sales are continuing to drop on I Vampire. Wh- why do we need this? Mm-hmm. Ha- have him be that 
tool <laughs> in like, you know, the superhero book and get rid of that more vertigo flavor one because it's just not performing. But yeah, just, just to talk about that, you have John Constantine, the mm-hmm. ultimate tool, the ultimate bastard. Yeah. You don't need two of those on there. Like John Constantine's becoming too much of a good guy. He's kind of, he's still a bastard, but he's the leader. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, but, it's making me it's making me a little wearisome. Okay, let's talk about the overall structure of DC's publishing. Uh, we've talked about characters that will probably be get, get canceled because they're going to be put and hopefully be put on a team book. Is there a character that you want to have saved in that way? Uh, definitely Blue Beetle. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I'd say the same. I like number one. I picked up a recent issue of Blue Beetle because it was crossing over with New mm-hmm. Guardians, which is leading up to everything that's happening now in the book. And I enjoyed it. It was reading it. I was like, man, why didn't I continue on with Blue Beetle? I liked the first one. I liked this one. I missed seven issues in between that I could have really dug. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go back and rebuy those. I didn't order anything after that issue of Blue Beetle. But if he's on Teen Titans, I'd be like, great, this is a book I'm already reading. It's not another $3 that I have to be spending. And I... I agree with that because I mean Blue Beetle is a character. I didn't like, I didn't like Deathstroke. Mm-hmm. I didn't like, I especially hearing that uh, Rob Liefeld took over. I was like, no, nope, I'm not going to be picking up that book even with a new story arc. You know, like that's a character can go. I did not like Grifter Number One. Mm-hmm. I would be interested in checking out Team Seven, but that's more from um, the character that we've gotten. I can't think of his name from Steve Trevor. Steve Trevor from Justice League and Wonder, um, and you know, being Justice the, League Dark, just Justice League Dark. That little brief appearance, and he's like Agent Colston of the DCU. Uh, Check out our back and board bite uh, for our earlier review. Said like a, a Nick Fury type character, <laughs> and you know, to have him in Team Seven would be an interesting. I I would pick that up. Mm-hmm. Like I would check that at least that first issue out, maybe the first couple. You know, Paul, I just I just want to drive that knife in your heart. Batwing sells better than uh, FF. Yeah, but Batwing. It's how many Batwing? How many times has there been a second Fantastic Four book, not including Ultimates, not including miniseries and stuff? Yeah, that I'm not sure. Exactly. How many times has there been? How many times has there been another Batman book? All of the time. How many of them have been African-based Batman spin-off characters, though? (laughs) Why why do you gotta be racist? I'm not. I'm just saying. Why does that matter? That's not a character that has like mass appeal. It's got Batman in the name. We're 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 seeing him in two books now, too: Batman Incorporated and Batwing. Yeah, which was weird because he was dead. In the Batman Incorporated, do we? We talked about this with our uh, Action Comics bag and board bite. Um, that or Grant Morrison Morrison? seems to have a free pass; he can do whatever he he wants. So, getting back to what I was asking, so Blue Beetle's the character you would save by putting him into a team book. Which character in a team book right now from DC would you take away a Bat title for to bring out of the team and get a solo run? Is there any, or would you be like, no, give me another bat character? DC has a right. Just give me more bat. I am batty for the bats. You know what? If they, they wouldn't even pull him out, but if they put Red Robin in his own book again and mm-hmm. still had Teen Titans, 
being published, I'd pick up both of them again. You are batty for the bat, sir. I, I am, but, I mean, looking at the Batman books that I buy, I don't buy everything that comes out. I mean, I buy Batman, I'm going to be checking out Talon. I don't like Gilliam Arch, or mm-hmm. Gilliam Arch on art at all. I'll give it one shot. But the Talon isn't a girl, so we might be safe. I think it could be really bad art then, because he's just going to be 23 skidooing it. Yeah, but, but I, I buy Batman. From the previews I've seen, it Night, didn't look bad. Nightwing, Red Hood and the Outlaws. I'm mm-hmm. buying Batwing right now for Marcus Toe. Mm-hmm. If he leaves the book or it gets canceled, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. I'm buying four of those You'll Batman lose sleep books. because Marcus Toe's off a book and you hope he's on another one. And he'll be, hopefully be on something at that point. But we won't lose sleep if Marcus Toe's moved on to a different book. Yeah. That's what we're saying. We love Marcus Toe. You know, the, the question's odd because there's not that many team books. You know, I mean, you mm-hmm. lost, you lost Justice League International. Like, do I mm-hmm. want a Booster Gold in a book or any of those characters? Guy Gardner. Guy Gardner's already, you know, he's already got his book with, you know, Green Lantern Corps. True. You know, and what, you got Justice League Dark. Oh, I'd want Constantine. He's in Hellblazer. You know. In Vertigo. In not Vertigo. In DC, well, yeah, but would you want another a toned down. You already got a toned down. I'm not asking you if I want it. I'm, I'm asking you. Your, I'm asking why you want. I'm saying rhetorically. Like, would you I buy? Will. Would you buy a watered down? Paul, would if, you? Quit. Uh, I'm <laughs> posing. I'm posing this to you. If they had an I Vampire Vertigo book and they were still publishing Justice League Dark, which would you rather be buying? Probably the. I would want to see what they did in the Vertigo title okay. for I Vampire. So if you're getting the watered down version, you'd rather have the, yeah, the concentrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like it. I I see that being the same kind but, of. You know, you don't have, you don't really have that many team books. Justice League Dark, right? Teen Titans, which you know Chris said Red Robin out of that. That would probably mm-hmm. be, if I were going to see one, probably that because what everyone in Justice League has their own book. Right. Cyborg doesn't, but. Yeah, I don't count Cyborg. Oh, racist, John. He's just, I like, you know what? I don't read Cy- Justice League, so I don't know. Cyborg, it, he's he, a Teen Titan to me. He, he always will be a Teen Titan to me. Yeah, I, I definitely see that. I can see him, if they cancel Justice League for some reason, I see him in either Teen Titans or Ravagers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you don't, I mean, you don't have that many teen books to, like, oh. Birds of, Birds of Prey? Birds of Prey, mm-hmm. I what? I want my own Black Canary book? You know, I actually, uh, when I read the um, Birds of Prey, Night of the Owls, mm-hmm. the book was missing something. I didn't know who those characters were, ex- aside from uh, Katana, Katana and that. And, and I was just like, you know Black what, Canary. this is a great place for the the Batgirl that uh, Chris loves. Is it it's Stephanie, Stephanie Brown? Stephanie Brown. That character belongs, she belongs there. She really should be the heart of, mm-hmm. of, uh, Birds of Prey. Yeah, that, honestly, that book had no, no heart to it. Exactly. She belongs there and having a mentor like Black Canary, you could have a lot of promise out of that book. Mm-hmm. It'd be something that I would be interested in picking up because. I'd, I'd buy Birds of Prey if she was in it. So, so you're saying that a Stephanie Brown Batgirl book is what you would want. It'd if, be something. Uh, so again, a black a, a black canary mentoring 
Brown in a book, I would be interested in picking that up. That would be something that I would interest me. With Marcus Tohart. <laughs> because he read those Batgirl books where Barbara Gordon was mentoring Stephanie Brown in. No, I didn't read those. Oh, yeah, we, we picked those up, right, Chris? I loved them. They were good. It made me not hate that Stephanie Brown was alive. I, you know, I've, I've read a couple stuff here or there that Chris has, mm-hmm. Chris has let me borrow. And there is this kind of, you do have this love for that character, for the spoiler, for mm-hmm. everything that that character has gone through from the spoiler to Batgirl to dying to being reborn and, or and coming in. Just coming back from Africa. Just coming back. Uh, as Batgirl, you have, you have, some sort of affection for that character. The rise, the fall, and the rise again. And and that's, I think, Arc, a know. big thing of why there's so many Batman books is you have affection for those characters. Even if it's Jason Todd. Yeah. You know, you've loved them. Rise, the fall, and rise again. You've loved character. and you've hated them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I enjoyed him as a bad guy. I enjoyed him in Countdown where he was getting redeemed. I hated him in Grant Morrison's Batman and Robin because I thought they took away what they, the possibility they could have done with him. Mm-hmm. And now they've, they've done it. They brought him back with what he could have been in Red Hood and the Outlaws. Yeah, they made him just another Robin character again. I, you, you know what? More of a badass. You, I, you haven't been re- reading Red Robin. Yeah, that's- no, I haven't been reading Red Robin. I mean, you it's haven't been, been reading. You haven't been reading, reading Red Hood. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I mean, you get this great moment. Even like you had to trade in like your one of your happiest moments, and it was one of those really fathering, mentoring moments of Bruce in uh, in Jason Todd. And even Jason Todd said, "You know what? You can keep that memory." And he walked away from it. Like there's these really great moments with him mm-hmm. from the history that you know of him. And it's just all those characters, aside from, aside from Batwing, mm-hmm. that you have a connection to because you've known him throughout the years. Nightwing, going to Bat, you know, Robin, Nightwing, Batman, back to Nightwing. You have a strong connection to these characters, and that's why there's so many Batman books. That's why we want a. A, a Tim Drake book, other than, other than Teen Titans. Yeah, you have more of a connection to those characters. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you do. How, what, your thoughts? If you could have a character come out of any team book, if I could have any character come out of a team book, it would be uh, Mister Fantastic out of Fantastic <laughs> Four. What? Or, or Johnny Storm? I, I, I actually thought you were going to say Zatanna. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it would be Zantana probably more than likely because I really enjoyed that book before the New Fifty Two, and now that it was canceled, yeah, that's, that's yeah. A, that, honestly, that's what I thought you would mm-hmm. probably would have said. Yeah, that's a good call because I miss that book because it was written by Paul Dini. Yeah, which was great art by the awesome Stefan Rue. So if I could get that book again, <laughs> of course I'd take that. Man, I would pay money for a sketch for Stefan Rue Zantana. <laughs> Hard earned money. Which I did. That happened. <laughs> Hence the joke. Uh, but do you see this trend continuing and maybe even ticking up? Do you really think that the characters that you guys talked about the most were Batman characters? Do you think DC can 
and has to in order to try to stave off Marvel, publish more and more Batman books. I, I don't think they need to do more Batman books, but just keep the quality of those books there. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've started to pick up, uh, Batman and Robin. You mm-hmm. know, I wanna, I'm gonna pick up, um, Batman Incorporated. You know, mm-hmm. it's, but it's between those, which one I'm getting that Batman fix out of those, which one I'll keep on. But it's the quality of those books. They have, they have good writers. They have good artists on those. Mm-hmm. And you don't see that all the time in their other books. You know, they don't have that really good artist keeping me on Frankenstein Agent of Shade. Mm-hmm. I've enjoyed what they're doing with that book. Right. But I get, I get sidetracked about how shitty it looks. Right. I, I don't have any of those problems with a bat, with Batman books. Now, are you saying quality and also kind of meaning focus? Because Batman for now so long has been, even when it was in the new 52, we're like, oh my goodness, this is totally tying into Nightwing, right? Yeah. Oh my goodness, this is, it's going to tie into Nightwing, right? And it kind of did with Night of the Owls. And now with Grant Morrison's, you know, Batman Incorporated and the Leviathan thing happening. Batman's been so focused since the New 52. Are we confusing quality with focus there? Or you're saying, no, it's just the quality of writer, quality of the artist. Even if they were all doing their own offshoots of books, would you still be picking them up? Because I don't think we would be. Uh, I mean... Because the reason why we started picking them all up again was kind of Night of the Owls. I mean, Red Hood and the Outlaw is right. totally... Yeah, it's totally out there. I wasn't picking up Batwing. Are you continuing to pick up Batwing after? Well, you're you're doing it more out of the the artist coming exactly, and that's the great point. That is the counterpoint to what I was asking. No, it isn't the event. It is the great quality of the the creators. I mean, yeah, I I picked up all those Batman books for the event because I liked it so much. Mm -hmm. I wanted to see every part of it that I could. I had no plans on staying on any of those books. And the only reason, like I said, I'm picking up Batwing. I like Judd Winnick. Mm-hmm. I love Marcus Toe. If Marcus Toe was only on for two issues, I wouldn't keep buying it after him because mm-hmm. he's an artist that I want to support. Right. If they had another artist step on after him that I want to see, someone like Pete Woods, who I loved on Robin, yeah, I'd, I'd probably check it out. And if you were reading The Night of the Owls... Birds of Prey, and to help the Birds of Prey out, Stephanie Brown showed up. Would you be more interested or inclined to picking up more of those issues, hoping to see her? I would. That's totally different than what we were talking about. I just wanted to know what he was going to say. I I love Stephanie Brown as a character I have ever since Robin. If she Mm -hmm. appears in a book, if if she starts showing up in Batman Incorporated, I will buy Batman Incorporated. Mm Mm-hmm. As long as it's a good story. If it's just really bad, I I probably wouldn't want to see that happen. No matter what the event banner is saying, yeah. the crossover. If they have her appear in Legion <laughs> somehow, I, I would check out Legion. Which do you know? Do you have those numbers on the Legion books? Yes, actually, I can. Because uh, those are the books that, like, I know there's a there's a following forum. Mm-hmm. But I mean, to keep to keep Resurrection Man 
I would I would love to see one of those books disappear. Yeah. I just think Legion I'd put Mon- Resurrection. By the way, I would put Resurrection Man in a team book in order to save Resurrection Man. Justice League. Yes, it Justice League Dark or something of that sort. <laughs> or not, not Demon Knights or that's, Justice League Dark. <laughs> or that's about it. Yep. But hopefully, you could see him in uh, Swords and Sorcery, maybe. Yeah, Swords and Sorcery. I mean, anthology title coming yeah. out. I think anything we see gone from the dark mm-hmm. can appear in there, or DC Universe Presents. That's yeah. another. Yeah. Hey, we had Dead Man pop in. Um, Legion Lost is actually number one hundred eight overall. Legion of Superheroes one twenty three. I believe Resurrection Man was one forty five. Yep. One thirty five. Wow. I'm sorry. It's, you know, that's a really solid book. I think that's a book people might pick up and trade and be kicking themselves that this book is gone because it, it's a lot of fun and it's, it's it's been going around in a little bit of a circle right now where it's been the tour of the DCU, which has been interesting, but you kind of want its story itself to pick up and, and get someplace in and instead of just be, doing the tour of the DCU. That might be, hey, you got to save this do a tour of the DC. Yeah. Now he's in Metropolis. Now he's in Gotham. Because that book was so steady and so... It really was really, really good. And But it didn't survive that long in its original incarceration either with the Resurrection Man. Yeah. It can be it can be traded in one volume, right? Like, yeah. how many issues did the first run during the early 90s get? Now here's the thing. It's hard to tell if Resurrection Man was placing that high because it was a DC New 52 book, or mm-hmm. if it's because people had a genuine interest in it. If we just say it it was because readers enjoyed it, they were buying it because of mm-hmm. the team they loved, and uh, Abnett landing on it. Yes. It's 135. If that was a Vertigo book, it would actually be one of the best-selling Vertigo books. Right. Um, which is impressive when you consider it's beating stuff in like sing- American Vampire. Uh, in single issues. In, in single issues, not looking because at trades. Vertigo, what do we all know about Vertigo? It's all about the trade. It's all about the trade. Because, I mean, stuff like Unwritten is 195 overall. Uh, Resurrection Man sells double the single issues of that. Because then mm-hmm. underneath that, you have even stuff that has like a great following on it. <laughs> Like Night Force, which is number 221 <laughs> overall. Oh, Night Force. But, Paul, Sweet Tooth, 231 overall. Yeah, but trade. It, but trade. It, that it book, sells as trade. That it's book a Vertigo sells book. 7,000 issues, you know? Mm-hmm. So Vertigo books have that Sweet tooth, Sweet tooth is going to do better after it's finished and done. Mm-hmm. Like, and then trade it up. And I think it's coming to its conclusion pretty soon. So, honestly... Resurrection Man could be one of the things. If the trades sell really well, mm-hmm. you could see it come back as a Vertigo book where they know it's going to have that trade support. Like, they can take a hit on those issues if only 4,000 people are reading it because they're going to sell so how many trades. Would yeah. you read a little bit more of a mature, little more grittier version of Resurrection Man, Paul? No, because I do enjoy that he's happening in the DCU. It's part of the appeal. That he does do the tour. What I loved about, like, oh, what was it? Fifth, week 50. What was it called? 52? <laughs> was it just week? called 52? Or Weekly Comics. No, 52. 52. Okay. Which is so weird now that we got the new 52. It's just like, man, the branding. It, it's, it's a, it's a branding. Yeah. Uh, 
the 52 was it was a tour of the 50 of the DC, not through the eyes of Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. It's the, it's Gotham, not through the eyes of Batman. It's Metropolis, not through the eyes of Superman. And that's what kind of, I have enjoyed those little jaunts into those areas, but at the, it's been at the cost of its own story. But like, for the most part, one story. of your absolute favorite series is Starman. Mm-hmm. And Starman very rarely has something to do with those bigger superheroes. Because, well, Captain Marvel was, appeared, uh, yeah, but the I, Legion appeared. A li- you know, a little bit, you know. It was a pretty good run. Well, Captain Marvel was two issues, I believe. Uh, maybe four, because they did the whole crossover. And but Legion I, was a good story arc. And also Superman. Well, Kal-El appeared. Well, not Kal-El. What's his father's name? Jor-El appeared. Um and that was a story arc too. So he did do a little bit of a jaunting He'd, exploring a of the bit, but DC. I mean like Resurrection Man could be a character that doesn't need those things. He's he's but on he his own little mission. He's not looking to be a hero. Right. But he hasn't had his own city. Starman had Opal. And they made damn sure James Robinson made damn sure with uh Tony Where's his name? Tony Harris. Tony Harris, thank you. Made damn sure that Opal had its own breath and life to it. It was his own, own character. Look, and own character. Just as important in that book as Jack Knight was. And Resurrection Man, we didn't get that from him. But from, Resurrection uh, Man is that great character that's on, you know, on the, on run. the run. Which so you, you want to see him through. You don't DCU. need a, a home for right. him. But yeah, I mean, you could have him. You could have them in, you know, you just counteracted little, little town. There. You could have them in little town America. You don't need them, or in a big city, you don't need them in Star City. And having, oh look in that corner, Green Arrow. Green Arrow shot an arrow. Hey, I'm Resurrect Man. I'm dead. Hey, I came back. But that's and then not Green how Arrow the book being has like, been. oh, have a funny arrow. But if you're you gonna know? go on the run in DCU, well, you kind of have to go to the do. big cities. Yeah. You do, but. I'm saying is that character doesn't need those other. He he doesn't need Superman in his book. He, I, I don't think he needs those. Just think, Resurrection Man, in the month of May, sold at eighteen thousand eighteen issues. Now, if we think, I was number eighteen. <laughs> if we think that okay, if it came out as a Vertigo book, sold in trades. However, you want to mm-hmm. think about that. The number one selling trade paperback. In the month of May was Justice League Volume One, the hardcover book Origin, sold eight thousand copies. Right. So even if it's only a third of those single issue sales, it would still be a top ten selling trade. The next fifty-two book on there would be Batman. After that would be Batman Death by Design, which was a standalone. Mm-hmm. Number five was Animal Man, which I think is the closest thing you can kind of compare Resurrection Man to. Mm-hmm. Animal Man Volume One sold five thousand nine hundred and thirty copies, which I said to you guys during the draft. I'm like, I think this will do well, even in the trades. Picked him pretty high, no, middle, middle. Did I pick him? Yeah, I think you. Yeah, you left him there because you knew nobody would take yeah. him on you. Honestly, I mean, much. for the month of May, the Animal Man Annual was number seventy five selling overall with uh, thirty two thousand copies. Animal Man itself sold. Uh, 35,000 copies. It was number 63 overall. Can you, can you see how Swamp Thing did in those? Uh, Swamp Thing actually 
did a little bit better than Animal Man. It was uh, number 52 overall with 39,385. So, t- trying to wrap this thing up again. Uh, <laughs> like my last question was trying to wrap things up. DC is doing well. You know, they're either number one or right behind Marvel, like each month. Month of May, Marvel has 41% overall, DC's 38. Mm-hmm. Um, it's working. Are we saying it's working? Is this enough? They're saying, Mar- uh, comics. I'm sorry, I was wrong. Marvel's 38, mm-hmm. DC's 36. Okay, so number one, number two. Uh, the, before the new 52, comics were, again, a dying medium. The market share for comics were lower and low, well, not market share, but the overall sales for comics was again lower and lower. Since the new 52, we've seen it expand just a little bit. This, this time in May, it wasn't a full expansion of the whole industry. It seemed that the market share has been taken from the smaller publishers. Um, right now, as a whole, uh, comic book, uh, graphic novels, trade paperbacks, magazines, everything Diamond does mm-hmm. is up 44.68 million over last year. So it's up 44% yeah. to last year, which last year was up 9% from five years earlier. So we're looking at mm-hmm. a pretty big increase just from what happened six years ago. From six years ago, but we saw 2011 as an overall down year from 2010, which was a down year for 2009. But, you know, five over five years, it's now an increase. Because I know that was a big thing, why DC moved to saying, no, we got to do something drastic and big. Because the whole industry looks like it's just slowly doing a slow death march. So have they succeeded? Were they right? We're almost a year out now. We're 11, we're one month away from the year anniversary. Uh, you know, in July we'll be one month away. Were they right? Yeah. I mean, DC's, they've closed the gap. Marvel mm-hmm. used to be blowing them away by like five, six percent. If we're down to two percent, and DC was the top selling for like the past couple months. And they're not putting out as many books as Marvel and not doing as many variants. Like, I mean, I know mm-hmm. that with the before Watchmen, they're putting out quite a few variants, but Marvel's like, Hey, it's John's coming with a Marvel hate. John's coming with a Marvel hate. They do a very good job. <laughs> but, uh, but, but Marvel does. They, they put out variants. They put out titles that make you accidentally buy an issue when you weren't planning on it. Both of you two had that happen to you. You know, it's, it's something the fantastic four. They seem to, they seem to try to trick readers of a certain book to pick up something else Mm -hmm. by a versus X and Avengers versus X-Men. We had the whole discussion, you know, they seem to be doing that where it's pretty clean and cut. This is what you're buying. This is what you're getting out of all your different stuff from DC. Not not to push this on any longer. I've never bought the wrong Batman book by mistake. And Batman books account I have for 24% of what they're putting with, out right now. Hey, because uh, Scott Snyder, I was buying his detective comic books before the new 52. Now he's on Batman. And every once in a while, I accidentally oh, okay. pick up detective comics and be very upset. <laughs> 
Okay. But that's your own. F- you should have. You should know that because we had a whole thing about it. I know. You run a podcast. You should know. I know. See, I I asked if they were succeeding. To lead you to this question, are they succeeding for their fans? You know, you got the market share. Are they succeeding for you guys? Are the DC fans? You know, you you hear John's hate of Marvel <laughs> over there. Uh, you know what? I grew up on right. I'm ca- over at John at Bagnaboardcast.com. I grew up. I grew up. <laughs> I'll check his email eventually. I grew up on those characters, but there's not one aside from Daredevil that I like to read. Yeah, but we're asking you if DC has I, succeeded you know what? for their fans. I think I better think... now than it was before. Yes or no? It's hard. Yes, it's, it's very hard. You That's know, why I was leading. I, this is you know what, what? Podca- I do a podcast, John. This is what <laughs> I do. I might pick up the wrong book, but damn it, I will trap you in a good question eventually. And I, I, I have to say yes. And I do. And one of the big things is because they're asking those questions. They're doing those, those ratings to see what people are reading, mm-hmm. how they're reading them. A book's not succeeding, even though it's something that someone is reading. You know, they take them out. They bring something new in. Mm-hmm. You know, they are willing to change and bring round and add that character to a group. Mm-hmm. Get rid of the book, but still have that character present. Mr. Terrific, another example. That book now was in Earth 2. He's in Earth 2 now. Mm-hmm. Where Before, he does belong. He belongs with And it always seems kind of to work the, that way. Um I'm going to jump in here before I get your yeah, answer, Chris, because John brings up a valid point. What I said, what was so successful with what Marvel was doing back when we did our some our uh, Super Balls um, <laughs> for between Marvel and DC is Marvel's willing to throw out a character and see if it will work. They're willing to throw out a book to see if it will stick, and I'm glad to see in the new DCU for their fans they're willing to throw out characters and ideas to see if it will work. And they're not afraid to then cancel the book, exactly like you were saying, John, and put out something else. Uh, Man of War isn't working. How about GI Combat? About the same, but a little different. Here, have that instead. No, I, you both basically sum up my thoughts. I think they're definitely trying to do what they can to support the fans. Mm-hmm. You basically stole everything I was going to say, where, yeah, you know what, this book's not working. Cancel it. We can put out this one. This character can appear over here. After OMAC was canceled, he started appearing in Justice League International. Justice League International is canceled. This month of September that they have the solicitations for, the DC Universe Presents is a bunch of different stories. One of them is an OMAC one. Hmm. So DC is trying to keep those characters around one way or another while still branching out. Night of the Owls has been huge. Let's give them a Talon book. If Talon doesn't sell well... We already know Batman books sell. Maybe we'll get a Stephanie Brown book. Maybe we're going to get a Tim Drake book. We we don't know. I mean, we could have a very different episode similar to this one six months from now, depending on what's been selling, what's mm-hmm. dropped off, what gets announced. So if you have thoughts on books, uh, especially books that you're upset that DC canceled or excited to see coming out in those September previews, uh, please email us, contact at bagnumboardcast.com. I, I need more Hawk and Dove. 
You should have been buying it when Rob LaField was putting it out. When he was murdering it? He wasn't murdering it. He was just very shocked with all his characters. <laughs> he was grinning with excitement. And all his characters grinned with excitement, yeah, too. Yeah, this book didn't work. Hey, let's put him on some other book. Oh, that book's not doing Deathstroke, well either now. Yeah. He's on Deathstroke and Grifter, mm-hmm. two of the bottom sellings. He's on Savage Hogman, one of the worst-selling Justice League titles. Oh, J.T. Krill, huh? Uh, just say, but if you enjoy what we do better than what JT Kroll has been writing, this is, that's just mean. You know, I, I don't mind him. It just, you know, didn't work for me. Uh, if you enjoy what we do here on iTunes, on the Bagnum Broadcast, please leave us a rating and review. I read each and every one of them. People try to surprise me that we got a new one. I already know about it. <laughs> Can me? I check it every day. Hey, we're very excited to get Steve Rosenberg's uh, <laughs> review. I know. It was an awesome review. I don't have it memorized. <laughs> I'm not that fanatic. I read it. He said, uh, I know on his our Facebook, he said, uh, guided boner missiles. <laughs> we weren't sure what that was about, but we enjoyed it. <laughs> it made me laugh when I saw it. <laughs> exactly. So thank you for the ra- uh, rating review, Steve Rosenberg. A.K.A. he had a weird, like, pseudonym there, too. But it was, came up still Steve Rosenberg. So thank you, sir, for the rating and review. If you want to thanks on the podcast, do it yourself. Rate and review. I mean, and review. The review is the more important of those two. Uh, Chris, we did some biting of the internet. Yeah, Paul and I uh, recorded a whole bunch of bag and board bites the other day. Um, we're going to be seeing those coming up a lot more recently. Uh, so make sure you're subscribed over on our YouTube channel. We're just bag and board. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also going to be posted on our Facebook and the website proper, bagandboard.com. So you'll be able to find them any way you follow us. Yes, and please follow us. 